Folks, if you're into history or barbecue or both, this show is designed with you in mind. Because first, we're going to tell you why you shouldn't be in a hurry to get to Cincinnati if you're coming out of Louisville on Interstate 71 because just about halfway between the two cities lies a crown jewel known as General Butler State Park. And Miss Susan Spears will tell us all about the park as well as the historic military family for whom the park was dedicated. And next, we will venture to the far western part of the state, Grand Rivers to be exact, to hear about a famous barbecue joint with a limited yet legendary menu which has kept customers coming back for five plus decades. Hugh Edward Noth, whose family practically invented barbecue in western Kentucky, will explain how Noth's barbecue has been able to maintain momentum for 50 plus years with a new location on the verge in nearby Paducah. It's episode number seven of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Coming at you. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Campbellsville to Campbellsburg to Campbell County, yep, you guessed it, we got you covered on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. Welcome to December, guys and gals. Sam Moore coming to you once again from the comfy, wintry confines of the North Quail Motel and gorgeous Henderson KY. And I tell you, COVID has definitely limited a number of the things we can do and the places we can go, but it has not limited Blabbit in the Bluegrass, nor do I plan for it to limit Blabbit in the Bluegrass. We've still got plenty of great people to talk to and things to learn about and explore, and I could not be happier that you're along on this journey with me. And to make sure that you don't miss out on a minute of the action, I want you to like and follow my all-new Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. All you gotta do is head to Facebook, search Blabbing in the Bluegrass, it should pop right up there for you. You can hear new episodes through this outlet. You can also catch up on previous episodes You can uh, get up-to-date information as it is presented, leave messages and comments and interact with me that way. In fact, I would encourage you to do so. You can also send me questions, comments, suggestions, any kind of feedback you got. I'm thick-skinned. I can take it. Just send it to my email. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N, at gmail.com. And even in the dead of winter, I tell you, history is always hot and in high demand. We've got a steady dose of it today, too, with Miss Susan Spears. She is the park manager 
From the historic General Butler State Park in Carrollton, Kentucky, it marks the confluence of the Kentucky and Ohio rivers. Lots of neat attractions there for the entire family and plenty of opportunities for us to educate ourselves on the historic military family, the Butlers, for whom the park was named and dedicated. So uh, Susan will give us a synopsis of that momentarily and then we will head to Livingston County and chow down on some barbecue from Notes. If I'm not careful, I still sometimes find myself calling it Noths, but it's Noths Barbecue, and Hugh Edward Noth will tell us about the secret to his success, or as much of the secret as he's willing to reveal anyway, <laughs> about his uh, pork and his beef brisket that's kept him and his family going strong for 50-plus years. That doesn't happen by accident. And so I'm getting hungry just thinking about it, so I better stop talking about it. I'll, I'll hear more about it soon enough, and you will too. But in the meantime, as always, we have another Bluegrass Brain Buster. We hope you enjoy these. I try to have another one for you every week. I'm going to go ahead and uh, reveal the question now, and you will get the answer at the conclusion of the program. So without further ado, here is this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. Radio has been a big part of the Commonwealth experience for uh, almost a century now. And if you're a radio freak like me, hopefully you will appreciate this question. I want to know, what was the first radio station to take to the airwaves in the state of Kentucky? What is the Commonwealth's oldest radio station? Those of you living here in Henderson might guess WSON, because it first took to the airwaves on December 17th, 1941, 10 days after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And uh, WSON is a great station. It's a favorite of mine, but that is not the correct answer. I will go ahead and narrow it down for you that far. WSON is not the oldest station in Kentucky. Which one is? Think about it. Get the juices flowing and the brain cells cranking. I will have the answer for you in the show's final segment. Presenting Sam Moore's State Park Spotlights. In today's State Park Spotlight, folks, you didn't think you had any good reason to stop between Louisville and Cincinnati on I-71. Well, think again, because a little over halfway in between the two cities is a crown jewel in Carrollton, Kentucky, that uh, really is chock full of history and attractions. And if you stop in for a night, a week, a month, <laughs> you will not regret it and you will never be bored. And here to fill us in on it is the uh, park manager herself. Let's hear it for Susan Spears. <laughs> Susan. Well, thank you so much. Hey, we are tickled pink that you joined us and you uh, were just telling me that you're fairly new to the park. You've been there for two years. I have. I've been here just right at two years. So. Awesome. Good deal. Well, we're uh, we're glad to have you. You're uh, a native Tennessean. So uh, have you uh, warmed up to Kentucky pretty nicely? I have. You know, um, that's one great thing about Carrollton as a whole, but um, here at the park, for sure, it has quickly become home. Um, I'm so glad to be here uh, coming from Tennessee State Parks to Kentucky State Parks. Um, the transition has been fabulous, and the people of Kentucky and here in Carrollton have just made it 
pleasant for sure. Well, we pride ourselves on hospitality, so we're glad you feel at home here. Now, um, General Butler State Park, Susan, has marked the confluence of the Kentucky and Ohio rivers for decades. So why don't you give us an overview of the park's rich history and describe what makes it a one-of-a-kind tourist attraction? Certainly. So um, the town of Carrollton was originally founded as Port Williams, um, and the Butler family, who the park is named after, settled right there at the confluence of the Kentucky and Ohio River. They settled there in 1792 and realized, you know, there's still a very large Indian presence um, using, the, uh, using the rivers for trade routes as well. And so they moved inward um, a little bit up onto what we now know as Butler Hill, where the park sits today. Right. And so that's kind of the founding steps of um, the park and the Butler family. Uh, we can go into their uh, history because there's a lot of it. Um, but they really were this prominent military family um, in Kentucky and in America's um, revolution. Um, so they settled here and... In 1931, the Carrollton Tobacco Board realized the needs for preservation, um, and so they dedicated this land as, at that time as Butler Memorial Park. Um, in the 30s, um, of course, the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps came and um, did a lot of work that we still pride ourselves on, and over the years, the park has molded from a historic site to what it is today in a resort park with lots of amenities for everybody to come and enjoy. We have everything for you to do um, from formal meetings all the way to, you know, outdoor adventure. And we're just always working on adding new attractions in and of itself and um, more sure. recreation that you can do for sure. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it's uh, quite a coincidence that the family settled there in 1792, because that's the year that uh, Kentucky was founded. So Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's not really by coincidence. Um, Pierce Percival Butler, uh, the first butler in this area, uh, the butlers at this point had been living in Jessamine County, became the first um, adjunct general of Kentucky, and he, to this day, is still the longest serving. Um, so as the adjunct general, essentially, um, what that means for the time is he was over what is today the National Guard uh, for Kentucky. So he was appointed um, as the first and, like I said, longest serving. So he moved here. This is a good um, point for defense and uh, close to, you know, around everything. So that is kind of where, why he settles here and takes this land. Um, sure. For sure. And it's not too far up the road from Jessamine County either, so. <laughs> no, it's not. Not very far. <laughs> Relatively close. Now, uh, you briefly touched on this in the last question, but the park is uh, named for Mr. William Orlando Butler, whose uh, family history included a s extensive military background. So uh, why don't you expand a little more about Mr. Butler and uh, his honorable family history? Absolutely. So General William Orlando Butler um, is who the park is named after now. Um, he was kind of a cavalier guy in a, of his time. Um, so like most men uh, of this time, they're very patriotic, um, believe in the founding of our nation and what we, you know, what America has come to become at this point. 
So, you know, his dad and family has already fought in the American Revolution. He is a young man at this time. But as the War of 1812 breaks out, um, he has completed his schooling. And so he enlists and becomes a major at this time. He fought in the Battle of River Raisin, which, um, if you know much about military history, was a pretty bloody, gory battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he um, actually survived that. A lot of the people in that battle were scalped um, and murdered by the Indians. Um, and he was actually taken as a prisoner of war. Uh, he was taken up to Fort Niagara, where he didn't spend a whole lot of time in, pri- in a prisoner of war situation. He was traded back. Uh, he came back to Carrollton and, you know, said, hey, the war's still raging. So he joined his buddy, Andrew Jackson, in the Battle of New Orleans. I uh, went down there to help support him. Wait, and really we d- fired our guns. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll let this thing into you for sure. <laughs> But uh, so he went down there and battled with him. So he kind of became like a, a brave war hero then. So after the war ends, he comes back to Carrollton and um, goes into legislative roles and lawyer and all these things. That's so very typical of a military um, personnel. Um, when the Mexican War breaks out, they need a general with some experience. So they call upon um, William O., and he heads down to Mexico to that. So General O heads down to Mexico to um, battle there. And a turning point in that is when um, they are needing to get to a kind of across enemy lines. There is a stockade there of gunpowder and ammunition that they are like, well, if we could take that, then, you know, this will kind of turn the war. And they'd been standing there kind of stalled out for several days. Right. And so General Butler says, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm tired of waiting. So he just runs in broad daylight, lights the stockade on fire and runs back and lives to tell the tale. Because of his heroics um, <laughs> or stupidity, I guess it depends on which side you're on. One or the other. <laughs> right. One or the other. He ends up. Um, getting awarded a sword, a gold sword from James K. Polk, who's the president of the time. Um, And, you know, for his uh, military heroism. And then a Kentucky legislative uh, gives him a silver sword for the same heroics. Those two swords are in the Kentucky Military History Museum in Frankfurt. Um, Gotcha. So, yeah, really cool. But his whole family was kind of known as the gallant butlers. They were known for their gallantry and just their heroism in all these wars. And so he carried on that torch in a big way for sure. Sure. After, yeah. um, After that, uh, he came back here and he actually served as one of the delegates um, to the peace uh, convention, trying to prevent the civil war. Obviously that was unsuccessful, um, but he actually ended up being on the vice presidential ticket in 1848 um, obviously, yeah, he uh, obviously lost that. He was the Democratic um, vice presidential nominee that year, but um, if he'd he won, we might place. know him a little more. Yeah, he got second place. There's always got to be a <laughs> second sounds place. sounds better. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, For sure. goodness. But needless to say, the family is quite deserving of the park in their honor. Yes. And, Absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't have wanted to mess with them back in the day, because no, they were definitely battle tested. Now, yes. uh, 
Switching gears a little bit here, Susan, according to your website, the Hilltop Butler Lodge is an attraction within itself, and uh, I definitely agree. I've uh, spent the night there on uh, multiple occasions, so um, if you would, um, why don't you describe the noteworthy features which make this lodge such a unique and luxurious place to stay? Absolutely. So I think our crowning feature is the architecture of the lodge itself. Um, I briefly mentioned this earlier, but back in um, the 30s, the Civilian Conservation Corps kind of comes through and sets up a lot of state and national parks. Um, and they have a certain style of how they build all their buildings. Well, in about the 60s, most state parks and national parks are needing a facelift. It's been about 30 years. So they kind of come up with an architecture style that is now known as what we call parkitecture. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's your term of the day. Um, and that's what our lodge is. It's this magnificent view um, building that is made in that architecture style, which just basically means it fits into the elements around it. Um, it's designed to showcase the outside. And so what we have is three stories of sweeping views in our lobby mezzanine area that go down into our dining room. Um, the upstairs mezzanine area is just gorgeous. It has this sweeping view of the Ohio River Valley. Um, this time of year when the leaves drop the trees, you can see the Kentucky River as well as the Ohio River. Sure. You can see down into our campground and um, you know, see commanding views of the whole area. And it's just gorgeous for sunrises and sunsets. And we have a fireplace up there that families love coming and taking pictures with and all that. So it's just gorgeous. And then you have that same view downstairs in our uh, restaurant as well. Um, <clears throat> so in addition to, you know, just the common areas, uh, just this year, we have renovated our rooms. We have upgraded all of our beds from the double beds all the way up to uh, queen beds in all the rooms, all new mattresses, new furnishings, things like that. So as of this year, we have um, really updated it and it's made it just an even better attraction. So lots of space for people to come out and gather. Regardless sure. of how big your crew is, they can accomplish Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, and I guess you've still got the uh, piano player in the lobby too, don't you? So we do have a piano, but not the uh, automatic one anymore. That one um, bit the dust several years ago, but oh, um, okay. gotcha. I know, but people can still come and play. So, and we do get <laughs> people that will come up and play um, way so more talented it, than I am. You know, if you come and uh, there's a piano player in attendance, you just, you might still get a concert. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, uh, in addition to your uh, breathtaking Butler Lodge, the uh, park also features a number of scenic cottages for valued guests. So uh, why don't you tell us, Susan, a little bit about these cottages and explain what makes them so authentic? Yeah, so... Um... As I've mentioned, the CCC in the 30s actually built um, a good chunk of the cottages that we still have today. Sure. Obviously, they've been updated through the time. So they range in anything from a studio, uh, one-bedroom uh, cottage, all the way up to a three-bedroom deluxe that has um, three you know, large rooms in it and uh, dining space. These are great, especially in this time of COVID. It has been amazing to see how like this is a great way for families to come to still be together but get away from the monotony of you know staying in their same home 
So the cottages have been great. They can cook. They're not having to go out. You know, you're still following all those guidelines. So, um, that are in place. Yeah. So it's been fabulous for, um, our guests to have those. We have 24 cottages, so a little bit of something for everyone. Um, in them and yeah, they're lots of fun. (laughs) They're safe. They're fun. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) You know, you can't ask for much more than that. No. Now, um, a marvelous meal at the ever popular two rivers restaurant is um, a vital part of the General Butler State Park experience. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, uh, obviously it's closed for indoor dining right now, but that won't last forever. So tell us, Susan, a little bit about the um, signature specialties on the menu at Two Rivers. Absolutely. So I think um, with every state park in the South, the two staples are, of course, our fried catfish and our fried chicken. our chef just does a fabulous job and all the staff there um, of cooking those. Those are the staples for sure. Um, I will say we are kind of becoming known for our hamburgers and hot browns here, which, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah so our hamburgers are, you know, really great. We have um, kind of our chef's favorite is the barbecue bacon burger, which is loaded up with our house-made barbecue sauce, um, onion petals, bacon, and um, Kentucky Pride bacon and just fabulous hand padded hamburger. Um, that's kind of our chef's favorite, and it's it's great. It's worth trying in and of itself for sure. Awesome. Now, what what's your favorite, Susan? Um, I, you know, we have a really great menu, and so every day is something different for me. <laughs> it's hard uh, to pick, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, like if you ask me today, I would say, oh, today it's probably our. Um, southwest veggie wrap i love it's full of flavor and um i get it with grilled chicken in it and it's just a real healthy hearty meal um are talking about yeah so i really like that and there is breakfast available too right yes we have breakfast right now in the winter season it's just on saturdays and sundays but um we make everything from chicken and waffles to your standard you know um bacon and eggs and hash browns and that sort of thing. There you go. <laughs> when you got bacon and eggs, what else do you really need? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, make, make sure you make time for a meal at some point while you're at General Yes. Now, yes uh, we have plenty. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, many of the park's visitors, Susan, also enjoy taking in an educational journey through the Butler Turpin State Historic House with uh, a knowledgeable tour guide. So um, if you would talk a little bit about this magnificent mansion and give us an overview of what we can expect to see and learn as part of a guided tour. Absolutely. So the Butler Turpin State Historic Mansion was built in 1859. It's a traditional Greek revival, four over four vernacular style house. And um, the times that I start doing a tour, I say that and everybody's eyes glass over and I go, oh, wait, let me stop and slow down. Let me <laughs> tell you what I'm talking about here. Um, so a Greek revival of 1850s uh, time frame is very common. Uh, they are reviving that traditional style. We can tell it's Greek revival because of the colonnade outside, um, as well as um, the trim work and moldings and stuff throughout the home. Four over four is obviously, um, I thought that was an obvious thing, but a lot of people don't know that. So four over four is 
Um, the first floor has four rooms with a main center hall. And obviously there's four rooms over it with the same center hall. Sure. Um, and then vernacular is the last piece of that. And so vernacular in talking about architecture home um, is about, it's designed for function. So one of the oddities that you will see in the Butler Turpin home is there's actually a bedroom on the first floor, which was extremely uncommon at this time. And so uh, when you do a tour, you kind of learn why it was there. Um, and the first thing everybody automatically assumes is General William O, who the park is named after, lived in this home. And he did not. Um, he lived in a two-story log cabin that his father, Pierce Percival, uh, raised um, 10 children, five boys and five girls in. That's right where the Butler Turpin Cemetery sits today on the park, which oh, is right near where the Butler Turpin house is. Right. Um, but he lived there, and actually his niece, um, Mary Ellen Butler Turpin, built the home um, there. She wanted to get back to her beloved Carroll County. She married Philip Osborne Turpin from up in the Florence, Cincinnati area, and so she wanted a home here, and so that's how they ended up building it. So in the house, you're going to see lots of period pieces, lots of original pieces to the home, um, as well as just family heirlooms. And we like talking a lot about the history of like what is really going on at the time the home is built. <laughs> so if you're, if you're an antique furniture geek, you're really going to get a kick out of the. <laughs> yes, absolutely. For, for, absolutely. For sure. Now about how long these tours last? Um, they last anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. It really kind of depends on the group. Um, so we love when people come, we allot an hour and a half for them because, you know, sometimes you get someone in there that really loves the military history and, um, yeah. I can talk all, if I'm the one that does the tour that day, I can talk all day about, you know, the family's no. military history. No, I know you don't believe that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> then we also have like, um, some really cool things that um, really this summer as we were doing tours, it was very interesting to me as, you know, our 2020 world formed around us. Um, one of the things that since I've been here that in the tours I've given, I talk about that the butlers obviously were slave owners, um, which was very common of a land, this size and that sort of thing. But what was really cool about them is as early as the 1830s, they started emancipating their own slaves and even um, helped run the Underground Railroad um, to get them across over into Indiana, Indiana, which was free territory. Sure. So they were well ahead of their time. Um, yeah, they were sort of pioneers really, in that regard. They really were, and they hired a lot of their slaves back and actually paid them. So when we do the tour, we talk about slaves and servants interchangeably. And so, you know, some groups will come through and really pick up on that and want to know the history. And so in 2020, it's really cool how uh, we look back at things like that and really talk about it. Um, and oh, yeah. it, it's been very interesting. Um, another thing that we always talk about is there's a day bed upstairs, which, you know, day beds became popular in this time because tuberculosis, then known as consumption, was really kind of becoming a huge issue. Oh, wow. And they really believed in the healing powers of nature. And so as we do a tour in 2020, we start talking about, you know, it's funny how this lung disease, they really believed in the healing powers of nature. And then as more research comes out 
about COVID, we realized, oh, vitamin D is very helpful in fighting and preventing yes. COVID. And we said, they had it right all along back you know, 170 years ago. We just are just now catching up. So. Nature can still work wonders today. It certainly can. It certainly now, can. Uh, about how many guides do you have on staff there, Susan? So we only technically have one guide, um, and currently he is doing tours on Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Um, however, myself, as well as our recreation uh, supervisor, and we have another, um, she actually works in our housekeeping department cleaning, you know, our hotel and cottage is, um, she actually was originally a guide until she moved over to that. So she can fill in from time to time as well. So oh, gotcha. we love it. My goal is that any person on this park could be able to give a fully guided tour. So um, right. just because we really get to tell our history, but. <laughs> so there's three of you that, uh, that could do it. Three anyway. of us for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you prefer that people uh, book these tours in advance? Really? Um, I love for people to book them in advance. Um, but we love having people just show up and um, we, like I mentioned, we have a guy that is doing them right now every uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And what's sure. great about him is he is young and energetic and loves this house. And it's you're, so you're, amazing. You're young and energetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, not as young as he is. Ah. I will say that. <laughs> um, oh, but 39 he, and holding, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, he um, is very great about it. And what I've loved hearing is how many people say, you know, I've never been able to find the house open. And so we want people to know it's open. We want you to come and tour. If you come on Monday and he's not here, somebody will give you a tour. You know, yeah, um, we I love telling, telling our story and that's the perfect place to do it. They've got a versatile staff and you'll get a guide. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at, uh, General Butler in the, uh, in the Butler Turpin house. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, some of these in the, uh, the previous uh, conversation here, but I know that a number of ancient civilian conservation corps buildings may be found along the scenic Butler Lake hiking trail. And I know that uh, the CCC built quite a few of the, uh, the cottages too. So um, why don't you expand a little more, Susan, on the um, structures that um, hikers can enjoy viewing while they're hiking? Absolutely. So around the Butler Lake, there are several structures there that were designed as respites. Um, so as people got out and enjoyed nature, walking that trail, they could, you know, easily enjoy taking those, um, those little shelter houses there. Uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps, uh, additionally, um, they actually formed the lake. So in 1934, they put in the dam headwall that formed the lake there. Uh, just uh, two years ago, we actually had to replace that headwall. So we have actually made a Civilian Conservation Corps like memorial um, right there by the lake. Um, so we took that headwall where they carved their troop number in and um, the year in it and have made a memorial there to really kind of honor them because we have so much work here on the park done by them. So we have over nine miles of trails. Uh, most of them were formed by the Civilian Conservation Corps. Our entrance uh, rock wall at both the front and the back entrance of the park as well as the guard shacks was built by the Civilian Conservation Corps. Um, as we mentioned, several of our cottages were and we also have the overlook, uh, which is a stone overlook that they built. Um, it's at the highest point um, in Carroll County. 
and it overlooks, it has a commanding view of the Ohio and Kentucky rivers and downtown Carrollton. So it is the best point to see a sunset. Um, just gorgeous, gorgeous sunsets. Um, certain times of the year that sun goes right down and looks like it's melting right into the Ohio River. Oh, sure. um, and, you know, their forethought uh, to build that there um, makes it gorgeous for weddings and all sorts of things up there for sure. Um, the trail that runs behind that is one of the only trails that they didn't do. Um, it um, was actually our old ski slopes. We used to have a ski lodge here. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, so the old ski slopes uh, are now another hiking trail, but the Civilian Conservation Corps did lots of work on this park and uh, lots of structures to get out and see. Um, I think it's really interesting as we go in history today that, you know, what they did and the how smart it was to put those people back to work to get them to build um, our state and national parks across the nation, but especially right here in Kentucky, we have you know, here and at Cumberland Falls and several places um, in the state that they really helped form Absolutely. our state parks that we see today. So <laughs> the CCC, they were uh, busy people. <laughs> they were. They were. That's, most people don't associate Kentucky with skiing, but back in the day. <laughs> right. We did. And um, I had somebody just yesterday said, are you ever going to put the ski slopes back in? And I said, uh, if we ever get enough snow, I will work yeah, on it, but exactly. I don't think it's going to happen today. <laughs> Based on last year's winter, we got a ways to go. So. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see what my nature has in store for us this year. Now, right. uh, uh, General Butler State Park is uh, also the perfect place to host a business conference or a memorable wedding. So uh, why don't you tell us, Susan, about the park's meeting facilities and explain what makes them uniquely suited for such gatherings. Absolutely. So the best thing about where we are located is exactly that. Our location is fabulous. Um, we are about, as you mentioned at the top, we are about halfway between Louisville and Cincinnati, sure. but we're also very close to Lexington and Frankfurt as well as into Indianapolis. This kind of area, we are a major crossroads so to speak oh yeah very um, accessible very accessible and so it makes it a great meeting spot for everything from small family reunions all the way up to large um, corporate gatherings um, we have lots of different spaces where you can meet um, we have a large conference center 7500 square foot conference center um, that we just upgraded the AV um, capabilities in there so it can seat up to 750 people um, so we really can take care of anything from five to seven fifty pretty quick, easily here. Quite a bit of flexibility there. <laughs> Quite a bit. So we have that conference center. It breaks down into three smaller rooms. We have our recreation center um, that we use as conference space. We have two private dining rooms. We have a um, meeting room attached to our lodge, and we have three outdoor shelters. Um, so. In the combination of all that, we can find something to meet any need. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's what, you know, weddings are fabulous here. You can get outdoors. You can, we have several gorgeous spots that I already mentioned, uh, the Stone Overlook, but um, we have a large field that used to be a golf course that is gorgeous for weddings. Um, our Stone Shelter, which is another CCC structure. Um, 
is right beside our lake. So a lot of people will use that for the wedding ceremony and then they'll host the reception up in our convention center. Um, uh -huh. So lots of flexibility if you want that indoor outdoor feel. Um, yeah. Perfect for weddings, but great for corporate events as well. <laughs> Sure. So regardless of the weather or your preferences or, or what you're doing. Yeah, we can take care of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have a great crew that, you know, this, like I said, just a great location for everything. Um, everything we have hosted, you know, for fraternities and sororities to church groups and weddings and, you know, all sorts of fun. So, so we like to it. change it up. Yeah. <laughs> Susan and her staff will find a way to make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We like getting creative. Absolutely. Think it outside the box. Well, uh, Susan, you've been a great guest. Now, before we wrap this thing up in 30 seconds or less, why don't you give us your best sales pitch for General Butler State Park as the perfect place for a relaxing escape? Go. Ooh, that's a hard one because <laughs> I love this park, um, number one, but I, it really is. It's a great place for anybody. Uh, if you want to get out in nature, there's lots of opportunity to that. If you want to have a meeting space, there's lots of opportunity to that. If you love history, we've got that. If you want to be close to the action, we're there. Um, lots of shopping, lots of food, everything right here in the community. So location, history, nature, relax just enjoy it we yeah. have so much for everyone <laughs> talk about your all-in-one <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes, indeed and uh, i will link you to the website in my show notes uh, susan.spears at ky.gov is her email so uh, is if you have any questions uh, if she doesn't have the answer she can get them Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Susan. You've been a wealth of knowledge and entertainment, and uh, we'd love to do it again sometime. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having us. Thank you. You rock. All right. Thank you. You know, there's always been a special spot in my heart for General Butler State Park because I've got a number of relatives residing in Trimble County, right next door to Carroll County which, of course, is the home of Carrollton, and uh, they are the Gens. And I mean to tell you, that is a big family. I'm convinced that half of Trimble County is made up of Gens, and a handful of them work in Carroll and Gallatin counties and, the, you know, those neighboring areas. But needless to say, there were a lot of us, and we would have family reunions every year at General Butler State Park there for a while, and I've got a lot of fond memories of those. But I tell you, even if you don't have family connections to that area. If you're a history buff or you're looking for a peaceful, relaxing getaway, General Butler State Park is designed with you in mind. And Susan and her gang cannot wait to see you. Don't hesitate to reach out to Susan with any questions that you may possibly have because uh, she, along with her competent and capable staff, are willing and eager to put a smile on your face. So... With that, let's switch gears and head to Livingston County in the western part of the state. And let's get ourselves a variety plate with uh, half pork, half beef brisket. What about some fries and coleslaw to go along with it? Man, oh man, talk about heaven on a plate and look no further for it than the often imitated but never duplicated Noth's Barbecue. It's Sam Moore's Dining Delight Spotlight.
In today's Dining Delight Spotlight, we have our first barbecue joint to be featured, but it's not just any old barbecue joint. They've been uh, making barbecue lovers' taste buds tingle for a number of years, and uh, this doesn't happen by accident. They have uh, developed a solid reputation in Western Kentucky among both locals and out-of-towners, and uh, we're going to find out the secret to their success today with uh, the co-owner himself, Mr. Hugh Edward Note. You ever? We are tickled pink that you've uh, joined us today. Um, we uh, we know you've uh, been struggling with some some cancer and going through some chemo and radiation. But like you said, you're uh, blessed to be doing as well as you are. Sure, sure I am. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, uh, blessed 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 to be here and I'm uh, blabbing in the bluegrass. Notes has been a a Western Kentucky staple for uh, a number of years and with good reason. So uh, why don't you tell us, sir, about uh, Knott's Barbecue and how it first came to be and explain how it has become such a huge hit. When I was in the fourth grade, my they were uh, impounding Lake Barkley up here. So we had two lakes and dad had some uh, good property on 62. So he was either going to put a, a motel in or a restaurant. And so he decided on the barbecue restaurant uh, because there was so many in this area that uh, in the past, uh, for example, Catawba Springs, where I'm from, there, there used to be a great gathering place up there and there was uh, a lot of barbecue stands up there. So it's uh, been here forever. And uh, the unique thing is that we do, it's, it's fresh pork that we can get and we cook it fresh daily. And, oh, gotcha. uh, and it's just uh, uh, the way that we do it with the cinder blocks and and, uh, and the screen and the lid and, and building the fire with hickory wood, it just adds a unique taste to it. Sure. It's good food. <laughs> yes, that's why, indeed. That's, that's, why, that's why it lasted so long. So you were in the fourth grade when this came about. What year was that? Shoot, us around 65. Okay. Gotcha. So, so 50 plus years and, uh, and still going strong. <laughs> yes. And same menu, same menu now that uh, my parents had about it the second year that they opened. There you go. Same well, menu, same, and that's the same thing we're going to have down Badoka. Oh yeah. When that, uh, when that opens on the third and we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that here in just a minute, but um, I tell you, a barbecue tends to be a little different everywhere you go with different techniques, different ingredients popular um, in different regions. So uh, you touched on this a little bit, but um, why don't you expand a little more on uh, what inspired the creation of your recipes and um, explain what um, makes them so special? Okay. No barbecue is not the original that they were doing this in the Catawba area 120 years ago, uh, cooking the way that we do and, and even the recipes that they came down. Uh, my mom, uh, uh, one of the first employees was Leela Smith and uh, her people had barbecue restaurants in Catawba. And so some of them recipes came from her and my mom and Miss Smith, they tweaked uh, the barbecue sauce uh, a little bit, and then our slaw sauce that we had a little bit. And uh, 
we have uh, very few things on the menu, but what we have is uh, top notch, and that's what we've always uh, uh, tried to do. Sure. Well, that's <laughs> it. Sounds like it. It sounds like you're definitely succeeding. That's for sure. Now, um, a friend of the family. Uh, by the by the way, his name's Clyde Adams. Do you know Clyde Adams? I do. Yes, sir. Yeah, Clyde Adams is uh, from Catawba. There, he was actually fraternity brothers at UK with my dad. Okay. So. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, a, we grew up together. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. A little, I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit older than Clyde, so I got you. I had that advantage on him. Yeah, you were a little older and wiser. <laughs> I don't mind Clyde hearing that. He's thick-skinned. But anyway, uh, Clyde and his he, wife. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good friend, yes, yes. Especially yeah. uh, uh, Clyde's wife, uh, Denise, she was a Ferguson. And her dad, her dad was uh, always coming down here and getting barbecued. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> he, you know? he, he was no fool. He, he knew good barbecue, but, uh, yeah, Clyde and Denise are good people. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, they brought us a, uh, a pork shoulder from those a few years back and needless to say, it didn't last long. So, uh, <laughs> you talked no. about, the, <laughs> you talked about no. the, the pork a little bit ago too. So, uh, why don't you tell us about the other specialty meats available at Nose? Okay, we have a we have a barbecue brisket, uh, and uh, basically that's it. Uh, we uh, we do these uh, these hams for uh, a special occasion, and they may start having them on 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 hand all the time. Uh, but they're very good too. But a barbecue beef is our second uh, barbecue that we do, but that's not that's not a big item in Kentucky, for the reason is I I don't know. It's, it's barbecue pork is a mainstay. Yeah, that seems to be a staple. Yeah, but that beef brisket is good. It's absolutely delicious. Yeah, people just—I guess if they can ever get past the pork, they need to—they need to uh, sample the brisket, and they won't be uh, <laughs> disappointed. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. <laughs> very, very good. Anyway, and I know. Um, I know you offer the plates, and those plates come with um, one or two sides? Uh, uh, two sides, uh, French fries and slaw. Okay, fries and slaw. And that's, yes, and that's, the, that's the, the main thing that we sell. You put ketchup on your French fries, which most people do, and the combination of the three goes together so good. It's, uh, it's just it's good. I like dipping it's the delicious. fries in your barbecue sauce, personally. <laughs> yes, that's that's that, that sauce is good. Got that sweet sour taste to it. Yeah, yeah. it's got a got uh, the nice mixture there, and uh, that leads yeah. us right into our our next item of discussion here. Um, Clyde and Denise also uh, blessed me with a bottle of your uh, hot barbecue sauce, and it was just as delicious as it was spicy. So. Uh, why don't you take us through each of your signature sauces and um, explain what makes each one so unique? Well, we can't give away top secrets here. Well, I understand that. <laughs> uh, 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 the, the sweet and sour taste of the mild sauce is, uh, like I said, very unique. And it's not something that my really my mom and dad created. It was something 
that had been here in, in the Catawba area for hundreds of years. So, uh, and then, uh, and basically, and basically what the spicy and hot sauce is, is uh, a lot more stuff to soup it up hot, uh, cayenne pepper. I'll give sure. you that, cayenne okay. pepper. Okay, you'll give me cayenne what, pepper. <laughs> hey, that's uh, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so we got three slaw sauces counting our slaw sauce. Oh, the slaw sauce, okay. On our barbecue sauce, we have a mild and a hot. And a hot would be spicy. Gotcha. Be under your spicy. But the hot is hot. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes, I people, can vouch for it. People, people that like hot foods are, they're, they're drawn not only to the taste, but to the, to the kick in it. There you go. So you get the, get the two for one there. And, uh, yeah, that slaw sauce, uh, I'm intrigued by. I've never tried it, but, um, you, maybe you'll have to <laughs> ship me some up here to Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, but uh, anyway, I'm definitely going to have to try that slaw sauce at some point soon. Now, um, I've also noticed that uh, a number of your customers have been uh, bragging about Nas Marvelous Milkshakes, so uh, why, why don't you explain why these are not just your typical shakes and um, take us through the flavors we can choose from? Uh, the, the cream that we get, and I don't know exactly what it is, I guess it's premium, but that, that makes the ice cream. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just, it's got a very good taste to it. Very good taste. Uh, cl uh, closer to homemade to me than you can find really, uh, basically anywhere. Uh, milkshakes are so good because I love chocolate. I love chocolate. <laughs> milkshakes. I'm and more of a, I'm more of a vanilla a, man, but I like well, chocolate too. <laughs> That's it. That's, we have chocolate and vanilla, strawberry, cherry, butterscotch. I had a, I had at one time at Nose Barbecue, I had hot fudge, but I ate so much of it that I got sick of it, so I took it off the menu. <laughs> you, you knew that if you kept it on there, then uh, that might be but dangerous. But now I got sick of it, I, I'd ate so much of it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's hard when it's on the menu and you're there every day. And <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, you just can't uh, can't resist it. But anyway, still plenty of flavors available yeah. to choose from there. And <laughs> chocolate's my favorite. Chocolate's your favorite one. Well, yeah. Hey, it'd be my mom's favorite too. Plenty but the, other. But the, but the, but but they are good. The ice cream. It's uh, it's it's delicious. There you go. I, I believe it. Now, uh, of course, we uh, touched on this a little bit ago, but uh, it's quite timely that um, we should be highlighting notes on this show because um, you guys are opening your brand new location the very day after this show comes out, actually, on uh, December 3rd. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this expansion and tell us about some of the new and exciting features that we can expect in the new location. Happy to be be opening Badoka and be a part of the exciting growth that's going on down there downtown. Uh, we're going to have some uh, great barbecue for uh, the people in Padoka and uh, I, uh, I uh, always loved going downtown Padoka when I was a kid. We would go about once a month and. Uh, but, uh, to, and then I'm a history buff too, and uh, to see all the history that that uh, 
went on down there about the markers that they have downtown about yeah it is a historic town well, that's for sure yes i i, I was wondering that they uh there's a marker right there by the where the the new place is going to be and it's uh where the battle of paducah took place in the civil war and 50 houses were burned oh uh -huh. and i and i wonder how many of them had barbecue pits like we had and i, <laughs> I would i would imagine i would imagine quite a few of them did because that's that's unique you know the way it that is. we cook yeah, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been a hobby of a lot of people around these parts for a long time yes yes uh, uh they uh most of our our sales have always been half of it's been to go and with a pandemic that's coming on right now now it's a hundred percent but we do right. these wonderful box lunches down there uh that's uh that's a, uh, for all the businesses down there that's a good way for businesses to do good business with other business uh i know sure. my dad my dad he was uh he also was a farmer when he was barbecuing and he would always have something to break down and he would take a whole shoulder up to the uh, places where they did the fabricating machine shop. And of course they were busy, but they would, during their lunch break, they would fix his uh, part. Oh, so it's a good, good way for business to do business. They, like I said, they've got these nice box lunches. They can fix from two to 500. So, uh, so regardless of how many people yes. are at your party. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. So Nos can, uh, take your, Nos can take care of you. There I go saying Nos that, again. That, that's right. <laughs> but uh, that's right. anyway, that'll be, uh, that'll be open Thursday the 3rd, and um, that'll be uh, a year-round location. Now your, uh, your uh, Grand Rivers location is just seasonal, right? Yes, yes, and that's that's a wonderful thing that, uh, some of the employees, they I have always loved the time off, but some of them want to work. So that's uh, that's a great thing about the Paducah place too. There you go. So if they want to keep working, they can just work in Paducah during the off season. That's right. <laughs> and that's, um, some of them are. Yes, that's right. Now, uh, how uh, about how long each year is the Grand Rivers location opened? We're uh, usually uh, from. Uh, around the 1st of March uh, till uh, around Thanksgiving. About eight months or so out of the year, you can go to Grand Rivers, but Paducah's not too far off. So no, <laughs> no, it's not. Cruise straight up 24 and you'll be there. I'm not even been going down there. I always love going downtown Paducah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty happening place. They've, they've got a lot to offer. In fact, I interviewed, um, Laura Oswald from the Paducah Convention and Visitors Bureau not long ago. You don't know Laura, do you? No, I don't. Okay. She, <laughs> maybe she's not from there originally, but <laughs> she was telling me all about what Paducah had to offer. So anyway, there's plenty to do. So, well, uh, Hugh Edward, you've been a great guest. Now, before we uh, put the caps on this thing, in uh, 30 seconds or less, why don't you give me your best sales pitch for Nose Barbecue as an essential part of the Western Kentucky dining experience. Go. Well, it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, like I said, it's uh, it's been here forever, the way that we do it. And uh, it's, 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 it's time tested. It's a good comfort food. I, uh, <laughs> I've been around it all my life, but I could eat one right now.
<laughs> I'm sure you ne never gets old, does it? Not for me, it doesn't. It, uh, it's, me neither. Uh, it's good. It's absolutely good. There you go. Check out their um, their pork and their brisket, and um, they'll do a ham for you too upon request. Correct? That's it. There yes. you go. So, <laughs> and uh, no telling how many of those y'all cooked for Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> no, it was it, it, most, Thanksgiving is the turkeys. We do them too now. And yeah, we can't forget about the turkeys. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, we can't forget about the barbecue turkeys. So that's what that's what them barbecue pits a long time ago let throw anything they could kill on there. There you go. <laughs> you think they could get to eat? <laughs> Any kind of animal was fair game for the barbecue. <laughs> well, sure. Sure. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, uh, we wish that we wish you all the best moving forward and good health and good luck at the uh, Paducah location. And uh, next time I'm in Grand Rivers or Paducah there, we'll definitely have to uh, get together and meet in person and eat some good barbecue. Well, I, I love that blabbing in the bluegrass. Well, I'll never forget that. We love having <laughs> you on here. And, uh, All right. You're the first Hugh Edward and the first barbecue joint that we featured. So, well, <laughs> some, thank you. Some, thank you. Some I appreciate important, it. Some important distinctions there. Well, uh, you take care, and uh, we'll do this again sometime. Uh, thank you so much. Boy, how can you possibly listen to Hugh Edward Noth without getting the craving for some of that good old down-home Western Kentucky pit barbecue. And they've got it at Notes Barbecue at its finest in mass quantity. And you can go see them at 728 US 62 in Grand Rivers when it's in season. Okay, that's not right now because that location closed on Thanksgiving Eve for the season. They will reopen in March. But fear not because as we mentioned... The very day after this podcast comes out on December 3rd, Noths will be opening their all-new Paducah location at 225 Broadway. And that'll be open year-round, so you can get your fix in no time flat. They are open between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 to 8, Friday and Saturday. And don't forget to check them out at Noths Barbecue on Facebook. And you don't need a lot on your menu when what you've got is second to none. And it's been the same menu for over half century. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And regardless of where you are in relation to notes, it is well worth your time, effort, and gas to get there, especially if you are a barbecue connoisseur. And when you think about all the attractions right there in the neighborhood, it's definitely worth a trip. You got the lakes, in the ballpark and Paducah right there close. In fact, if you go to the Paducah location, well, voila, you've got the entire city at your fingertips. So plenty to do and plenty to eat when you dine with my man Hugh Edward and his crew from Notes Barbecue. And we sure appreciate him coming on with us today and making our mouths water. And uh, we also want to salute Miss Susan Spears for her invaluable insight and information on General Butler State Park. Definitely worthy of your family's bucket list. And before we conclude this riveting round of blabbing in the bluegrass, yep, you guessed it, I have the long-awaited answer to this week's bluegrass brain buster. So let's recap. This week we were catering to all my fellow radio geeks out there in Blabbin' Land. Uh, radio has been a 
vital part of life in the Commonwealth for nearly a century, and I wanted to know what is the oldest radio station in Kentucky? What was the first radio station to take to the airwaves in the Commonwealth? Now, I'm sure a number of you had plenty of different guesses, but your answer? The legendary 84 WHAS in Louisville. That's right, the Mighty 840 was the first licensed radio station in the state of Kentucky. It took to the airwaves on July 18th, 1922, the year before my mom's mom was born. And interestingly enough, WHAS carried the first radio broadcast of the Kentucky Derby on May 16, 1925, almost three years later. And look what a radio and TV staple, for that matter, that the Derby has become through the years. So, come on back next week. We're going to rack your brain with another Bluegrass Brain Buster. In the meantime, be sure and check for updates and like and follow us on our all-new Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Send me your questions, comments, suggestions for the show to the email address as well. That would be bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Folks, love you. Mean it. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, do me a favor. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.